Hello everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Medweek Metagame. I'm your host, Gabriel Nassif, and I'm joined by my two regular co-hosts, Get Smart, who's back. Hi everyone, sorry if you missed me, and commiserations if you didn't. And of course, Canister, always here. Hello. Well, 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 another week, another app, and some bands to talk about, and unban, singular. So yeah, we're going to be discussing our thoughts, what we thought would happen, what happened, what we've played since. But before we get into this app, I'd like to remind you, if you want to support us, you can do so on Patreon, patreon.com slash metagame. Or, you know, I guess you can check out my stream, Canister stream. You can go give Get Smart a follow on Twitter. That always helps, especially if you like chemistry. But yeah, podcast was, will always be free. But if you want to support us, it obviously helps us um, keep going. Uh, so definitely consider doing that. All right. We're going to focus on Modern and Pioneer. There was a ban in Popper, I believe, Monastery Swiss here, but it's not really our cup of tea. Pioneer, they unbanned Copter, and they banned Karn, and the new appraiser, the Discover 4-drop. So I think that came not to a big surprise because they had that magic um, show, daily show or weekly show where they strongly hinted at Karn being banned despite Moderine not being like super popular. They were more worried about the fun aspect. Appraiser, same thing, didn't have like the greatest result or we didn't really have time to adapt, but they didn't want Pioneer to be a turn-free format where you have to interact. And then they decided to unban Copter, which is a really strong card. Uh, I think a lot of people were pretty skeptical. Um, and I've been playing with the card since it got on band, so I'll have a bit to talk about. Canister's played a bit with the card. Um, mm -hmm. What do you guys think about their philosophy, I guess, and their choices for for Pioneer? So as it makes sense that, as you said, those those bands are just largely focused about the fun aspect and like the way that people want to play, sort of. <clears throat> or like at least uh, what it seems like online because it is true that Karn and Monogreen like those are decks that like Monogreen is a deck that didn't really have a great win rate that almost any of the RCs throughout the past uh, past year or something right which uh, there were plenty of at this point also never really dominating the PTs always hovering below that 50% win rate being like a choice that people pick up but nothing too exciting but for sure monogreen also put a great deal of constraints uh, on the format right so you needed to interact with a with an early elf but also you needed to like kill your opponent before their storm the festival late game would take over the game so I guess yeah that opens up uh, things a little bit and in some sense like you need to there's gonna be less uh, constraints put on your deck deck building wise from now on 
I just think it's a, it's interesting that they don't they want to make changes saying you don't we don't want Pioneer to be a turn three format or we don't want to force you to be interacting early and then they go on unbanned smuggler sculptor which essentially asks you to be interacting on turn two and be ready. Um, but I, I I haven't read the article about about the ban. I've kind of been in Magic Hibernation for the last month, so. I kind of saw this geological appraiser side of things from afar, but I haven't read the article about their philosophy on Khan. Is it just kind of this has been a good deck in the format for too long and, you know, was was causing people kind of, you know, deck building kind of anxiety almost about when they're entering a tournament as opposed to any kind of power level arguments? Is that what is that what they they were going for, you reckon? Yeah. It feels like it's just like the mob that won or people being loud. I honestly, I don't get it. Just think about it some more. You keep a deck like Lotus Combo in the format and you ban Karn. Yeah. It seems so arbitrary to me. Modern Green Devotion is not that good. Um, Karn is not that scary of a card. It's a lot of times slow and clunky. Um, you know, yeah, it's kind of like kind of pretty terrible, I guess. Like many aggro decks, even out of the devotion deck, right? It was always like kind of a clunky card that you didn't want to draw. Yeah, I mean, you could make an argument that it maybe keeps deck out of the format. Like maybe you can't play a mid range deck because then they can combo you, and it's kind of the best mid range deck in some ways. Or maybe there's some artifact based deck that Karn is good against, but. It seems just so so arbitrary to me. Like it's really hard to interact with Lotus Field. Uh, you know, a, 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 an amazing deck like Blue Red Phoenix has what like a twenty percent win rate against Lotus Field or something. So, yeah. Like what what is more palatable about Lotus Field versus Mono Green to like a larger public? I assume is the fact that just Lotus Field always seems to be capped at a relatively low meta share <clears throat> it's never too popular because it's a deck that requires perhaps because it's a deck that requires a certain degree of uh, time investment into like learning to play it and not everyone really wants to pick up such a strategy so it's just always seems to you know be unable to break the meta share levels that monogreen reached at times because there were times in pioneer history when like 20 percent of decks were mono green or like maybe 15 just you know a much larger amount than than the lotus field so in that sense i i understand it but i agree it's it's a bit weird i, I honestly when they you know this is I feel like ancient history now but when they banned walking ballistas inverter of truth i really expected them to be banning lotus field in that ban announcement and that's you know we're probably coming off of two years since that's happened and I'm 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 stunned that that card's still legal in the format, for for exactly the reasons you 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 pointed out. And if we're looking for cards to target in mono green, if you really wanted to kind of remove that deck from the format, I, I'm surprised it's not Nykthos. because that's the really is the card that sends that deck over the top, in terms yeah. of scaling out of control really 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 rapidly. Well, it, it's so it seems clear that they're not interested in having green not exist, but rather having green be weaker which i assume a version without karn would be given that you know karn was like a stable part of the deck and and gives gives it like some an i guess an angle in a way which otherwise is not present in the deck but uh i definitely i guess it does give you a lot of utility utility to a deck that is fairly one-dimensional and not not especially dynamic in that in you know in the sort of games it tries to play 
Yeah, so like I, I guess like Nictus is a more powerful card than current Great Creator. I think. I think you would both agree with me on that. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. In that kind in that kind of deck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in that kind of deck and and Pioneer in general. <clears throat> but it seems like, you know, the goal wasn't to for players to like ever be unable to to play a green eight L from strategy. That seems to be fine. It's just that maybe the combo aspect of it or yeah, I, 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 I am a little bit puzzled about yeah. the, about all of that. It is the it is your best card in a lot of matchups, but there's a bunch of spots it's... where it's not very good. And sure, the green deck it feels like a bit like you know hammer time in a sense. When I play against the green deck, you get in spots where if they draw, you know the they're twenty you know twenty percent or you lose on the spot and. The rest of your deck, their deck is breaks, but the same against Hammer. And it's kind of deck where sometimes it looks you beat them easily, and then sometimes they have the good draws and they make you look bad. But I feel like I've I, I haven't minded playing against Green. You know, as a blue white control matchup, you, you're not great against it, but the games are close, and some games are pretty cool. Yeah, certainly interesting. I remember, you know, if, you, if we're looking back about the last six months, six or twelve months. I'd... Blue eye versus versus green was certainly interesting. Yeah, um, same same for the Phoenix Phoenix matchup. That of, from mm-hmm. what I've seen, Ragdos has tool. You know, Extinction Event is a great card against it. So, um, Karn also is just you know it's like Karn is like a huge deck building cost, and then the unbanned Copter, which is literally like two mana colorless, goes into any. So I, I I don't I don't really get it. Not saying Copter is going to dominate and it's going to be like the greatest card ever, even though it does seem pretty pretty good so far. But yeah, that that, that didn't make any sense to me. Anyways, one there is one thing I I greatly enjoy about the current bundle. It's the fact that I've always been of the opinion that the passive on Karn is a little bit bullshit, and whenever <clears throat> things like you know. Un- incidental artifacts in my deck just get utterly hosed by that passive. It just feels like uh, the, w- the worst uh, gameplay you could imagine. Like whenever Karn uh, turns off my Witch's Oven, so, yeah. which is like kind of because they're playing that card as the as as a draw spell, right? As a like draw spell tutor from the Cyborg Planeswalker, and it's just like incidentally as a Stony Silence. Which is an extremely powerful effect tacked onto it is just not good. I have I the think. same opinion on basically all of those War of the Spark Planeswalkers that see significant amount to play Khan, Teferi, Time Raveler, and Narset as well. I just is I don't obsessively like... mind, but it's just there's no cost to having this huge hoser in your deck, and it's just well. So like in in Karn's example it's like more egregious to me than in in the other examples because i, I would mean, say yeah, that kind of like an a a plus 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 when it's good right yeah yeah that's so so like well, that's not true. sometimes it's just like a treasure like it's like minor it's not always all or nothing yeah but like if you play teferi like i guess like half the reason you play it is because the bounce spell and half the reason you play it is because it has the passive to to block instance right if you play narset it's often like 
hugely motivated by the fact that you want to stop some people from drawing cards but if you play Karn it's like almost never motivated by wanting to stop artifacts at all it just want like a payoff for a big mana deck that yeah fits well i guess in Karn. i guess some of that kind of frustration is baked into the fact that the deck building cost that comes with it right like you don't just idly play Karn in your deck you play it for a specific reason aka okay, you want that that yeah. wish sideboard but then it also has that misery strapped on top of it i'm not sure yeah. whereas the other ones are kind of yeah the other ones actually feel like they're cards that you made choices for both halves of it I, yeah i understand i understand I, i'm not sure i agree with your argument i think it's just more the result that these passive are just more general you know it it hoses more it's just more often gonna have an implication on the game whereas the carnal one is I agree it does feel random, but I, I don't think I agree with the fact that, oh, I put this I put the fairy Narset in my deck in part because of the... I mean, may, maybe you do, but it's just because it's a lot of decks draw extra cards or a lot of decks draw play instants. Um, yeah. I mean, so it like, sounds like you're agreeing with generally. Yeah, it sounds like you're agreeing game. because it's like a generally useful effect to stop okay, your opponent okay, from casting okay, instant spells. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe another argument is that you know, just you, you also play Karn because you know that you know that ten or twenty percent of the time you're gonna get that great effect. I mean, do you think do you think Karn would be as played if no no deck relied on artifacts? Ever? I think I think Karn's playability would reduce by a very small amount if the passive was gone which actually maybe is like also influenced by the fact that it combines uh, in the way it combines with liquid metal coating and in the past with uh Marcus Lattice, Lattice. but but i guess that's like yeah anyways all right well i guess complicated yeah so it's funny because i've been pretty mellow but karn ben i've been kind of you know I, i'm kind of like whatever at the end of the day it doesn't you know, you, you still have tons of cards to choose from. It just felt all arbitrary to me compared to yeah. their, you know, I, I feel like it's one of, not the first time maybe, but they usually, you know, base their self on like a deck winning too much, basically, or a card being too strong. And that's just not the case. But may, maybe, you know, maybe Narset is next. They got Teferia, they got Karnat. Maybe they're just quietly getting rid of these... Uh, yeah. Planeswalkers is massive. Okay, so what do you guys think about the the Appraiser band then? I didn't even really get to play against the Cardathon. I actually played against it in Explorer. Uh, you know, the, the Dino combo. We I think we talked about it, but um, that was that was another one they hinted at, and I don't really have an opinion because I've barely played against that deck. Uh, so I don't know, Canister. Maybe you've had the most exposure to it. Yeah, I've played like with and against it uh, a decent amount. It certainly just has oops all spell vibes. So it seems consistent to me that Geological Appraiser would be banned if uh, Balustrade Spy and Undercity Informer are, are banned. It's like kind of the same type of a deck. You just like play one spell and hope your opponent doesn't have the right interaction for it at the right time and. Uh, you just win and so like the deck uh, was pretty stupid right and uh, it had some like maybe potential minimal potential for interesting games but it's understandable to me that they just don't want a 
turn three one card combo win available in pioneer and that's like outside of the realm of things they're interested in supporting in this format so can i can i ask a question because from the outside looking in there was two kind of forms of this this combo deck one was uh yeah. with neo form to get geological appraiser and the other one was with uh quintarius that plant the planeswalker is banning geological appraiser nerfing both decks no but their no, logic was no. that quintarius is one turn later Okay, right. So also, notably, worth noting that the few RCs that had those com both of those combo decks legal, the Quintorius decks had like barely 30 something percent win rate, so they're actually really bad. Okay. And the appraiser decks were like much closer to, to 50% or even breaking it slightly, so okay. it's just a di difference in quality between those two decks. And uh, again, it's also slower, so. Yeah, these yeah. decks probably just get really bad in open deck lists too, which is not what everyone plays. It's like minority of players, I guess, play with open deck lists. But I'm guessing, um, who was it? Triosk, right? Ichikawa, who who won mm -hmm. with that deck with the Kuzatori's deck. Like, how many how many games do you think he won just because like people just had no idea what was going on and what was going to happen to them? Like, it must have been like such a vast majority. Um, so that was an, another little surprise. Like it didn't do well, and it feels like the kind of deck that's gonna get worse as it goes. Um, which I don't know. The the card itself is cool. It does enable kind of a BS combo. It is. I mean, it 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 it, it, it dies to a shock, right? Literal like have a shock one red mana up and shock, and I can yeah. But like it combo. also does. It also does mean that if you're on the play, you go, okay, I play my second land as the Appraiser deck, and your opponent's like, okay, I can't play my two-drop creature. Like, for the rest of the game, I have to keep up this shock. Yeah, but the rest of their deck and, is so bad. And and the shock actually stops working at some point, because once they have six mana and they cast a dinosaur, the shock doesn't actually cut it anymore, so... Yeah, I mean this band, like, I'm, I'm kind of fine with, I guess, if that if they don't want that, you know, to be to be a part of of Pioneer. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you that like, it's 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 a pretty bad deck because I think it was a pretty bad deck and like easily exploitable deck, but I understand that they didn't want it in the format. That, it's like, certainly much more clear to see why they would want to ban a card like that as opposed to a card mm -hmm. like Khan. Like yeah, we've spent we spent about ten minutes trying to figure out why they're trying to ban why they banned Khan over well any other choice or versus making no decision, but this is pretty trivial and like the reasons are face up. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being devil's advocate, but it's like you know that's what makes Magic cool too. It's there's so many ways you can play the game and build your deck and combo aggro. So like we're not allowed what? to have like weird. Bad, funky. I mean, there's. Quintarius, mate. It's I mean, there. If people want to play bad decks, at least you can kind of enter, you know, like, sure, if it was like a good combo deck and you can't interact, sure, ban the card, like, but then they don't, they don't touch Lotus Field. They don't touch yeah, Lotus Field. Yeah, I was going to say, hang on, hang on. Like, hang on, we've already got one of those decks. <laughs> it's so arbitrary. It's like, oh, it's because they can kill turn three, so we don't want that, but it's like literally loses to everything. But. You know, Lotus Combo, it kills turn four, so we're cool with, with that. That's so hard to interact with. It's, I don't know. It makes 
Sorry, Kianisra, I'm trying to get, uh, I'm not trying to get your deck banned, but it's just the the example, you know, just to compare it. You know, yeah. I mean, like, with regards to how they curate Pioneer, Wizards already has history of uh, jailing innocent cards, like, <laughs> right, with it's iconic 49 percent win rate as we can read in the december 4 announcement about karn uh, i'm quoting right now even though the metagame share and win rate of monogreen nictos decks have been within a reasonable range uh you know see it's been in reasonable range it's just imagine win rate not to you know pile on but lotus also historically has like had a great win rate like usually yeah. one of the best win rate and not played a ton because I don't know people are just scared of playing that deck I guess or don't want to pick yeah. it up but it's anyways let's let's uh, maybe move on to 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 modern unless you guys want to I mean we should probably talk about Smuggler's Copter a little bit oh right? yeah, yeah we didn't talk about Copter yeah maybe we should talk about Copter and talk about Pioneer actually since we can I can I just have like one one second to say that they should unban Inverter of Truths and that'll resolve all problems with degenerate decks in the format it'll keep everything in check I promise I I agree I disagree. I've never had more fun playing Magic than playing Inverter of Truths, and I'd be playing Magic a long time before it came along. So bring it back, please. Playing against Inverter was eh, not the greatest, but... A joy and a pleasure. I think that's what you meant to say. Yeah, come on, Gab. You were just arguing that like Magic is fun because different stuff is happening, but like, don't you, don't, don't you remember when people played Ipnu Rivulets to <laughs> mail out Inverter players after they played an Inverter? That was great. That was just incredible that was like magic as fine as the most interesting type of a innovation happening that was yeah whew. it's the most dynamic gameplay of all time like you keep track of so many different resources <laughs> causing graveyard if new rivulets in play <laughs> it's just great it's exactly the sort of mental gymnastics i'm, I'm built for <laughs> yeah and Oracle, anyway, Oracle anyway on, on the legal cards <laughs> Uh, off the legal cards yeah no the the unbanned copter um i guess people i don't know if they hinted at copter but it was actually people buying copter you know usually when they have bnr announcement you'll have people buying you know splinter twins uh you know speculating and stuff and um did you watch this show canister did they strongly hint at specifically copter or did people actually get it right this time? Was there a leak? Which I don't think almost uh, ever there happens, was, but... There, there wasn't like a particularly strong hint, but I guess it was amongst the cards that you'd think would be reasonable to unban, probably one of the... Yeah, that's fair. One of the few possible ones. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess uh, that's fair, because this time... Guess they, yeah, this time they, they hinted at unbans, which they usually don't do, so... Okay, yeah, that's probably just what happened. Uh -huh. and, and yeah, we got Copter. My first reaction was like, eh, I mean, that card's pretty damn good, but I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, that card's fucked up. Yeah, I think it's a mistake. I mean, I just think it's... I, play, I was playing a lot of standard when that card was legal, and... It's just good and goes in every deck. I just... It doesn't really have any kind of, like... You know, you were saying, like, Magic's great because it's, you know, dynamic card choices. You decide, you know, how you want... You have to choose one thing to do versus another. And I feel like if you ever had a creature in your deck, like, adding copters is kind of, like, net positive. And... 
when it was legal in Pioneer. The first time around, I thought it was, you know, it was the sort of thing where, like, if you had creatures in your deck to crew it, like, you should just put some copies in your deck. I don't sure find it a very like interesting card. It's powerful, and it's kind of fun to activate and yeah. attack with, but... I'm not sure know. if I like fully fully agree with that that it like fits sure. into like absolutely every deck. But like the thing that's kind of worrying for me the most is the fact that Scopter like immediately at least in my eyes fits into Ragnar's midrange, so it's just like a midrange card, which uh, has been like the most played deck for a really long time, and it's also like just pretty huge upgrade here potentially which is a bit weird to me yeah as, it, as an unbound it's an upgrade probably for ragdus midrange probably a, maybe even a bigger upgrade for ragdus set which has you know i feel like this and lotus combo are the two decks that historically have had very good win rates in pioneer and probably a little underplayed for how good it have been um, uh -huh. I mean, it's also, it used to be pretty bad against mono green yeah, is it the sort of card that can go in any of these? It's the sort of card that goes in these Lionel Royal decks as well. So like, it could just go in a new version of Mono Green. It could go in Red Green vehicles, being a vehicle mm -hmm. itself. It, it just fits in so many different decks, and it's so just like it just puts weird constraints on the format. Like you got to kill it, or things get out of out of control. And yeah, and and the black decks also have the best answer to it in Fatal Push, or one of the best answers to it in, in mm -hmm. Fatal Push. Yeah. Yeah, there's no lightning bolt in the format. There's, there's fiery, no sword splash. There's fiery, um, you know, the phoenix one. That's hard to expect Fighting to be on impulse. on turn two to a, on turn three. Yeah, true. So yeah, that one, that one's a little weird to me. Um, you know, it is a permanent. You know, you can artifact removal, creature removal, uh, maybe a few other things, uh, and it's you can maybe attack and block. So. Maybe not the end of the world, but we'll see. Uh, I know I, I've been playing with the... Since the unbans, I haven't played Modern. I've played three leagues with Ragdus Midrange with Copter. And so what I did was I cut Shieldred. I cut the... I, I'm playing Giganta, which I'm not sure is right because no one does it. Everyone just has like two Shieldred and now they play the Archfiend of Dross and... No, no black red midrange deck played Giganta. Only the sack players usually play Giganta. But I was like, well, I want to try these new cards. So it's kind of an excuse. So I was playing four copter. I was playing the bat that the the kitesail freebooter that sees your hand takes a card. The one one flying lifelink for two. And I'm um, playing that new card that someone suggested. I had I didn't have my that card on my radar at all. I don't even know the name by heart. It is called Preacher of the schism I'm not sure how you say that and it's schism. a schism schism it's a 2-4 death touch for black and two and when it attacks if you have the highest life total um you lose the life and draw a card and if you have less total or equal to your opening you get a 1-1 lifelink token white vampire 2-4 death touch and i don't know who tweeted about it but apparently someone did and said it was great so i was like okay i'll try it and um, I've been happy with it. I also had a couple copies of Inti, the red two drop that combos nicely with Sculptor and you know maybe Fable and Blood Tokens. And I don't have a lot of experience playing regular Ragdos midrange or old version with Bangbuster and whatnot. 
but I will say that I was, I've been happy with all these card choices, you know, just the copter, the bat, the preacher, and NT, all these cards have felt pretty good. My record was decent. It was like 4-1-4-1-3-2 in, in, in my free leagues. Um, so, yeah, so far, I think Copter has been, it's been good. I, I haven't felt like I was playing a busted deck. The format's very grindy, but the, these card choices have been good anyways. I feel like sliding into Miraculous Mid is obviously, you know, the most natural home. Do you think that there's going to... Where do you think it fits in versus Reckon a Bank Buster? They obviously do similar but different things. Do you think that there's kind of like an arms race that uh, these sort of mid-range decks are going to get themselves into? They play a little differently. Bank Buster is a little more control-ish and then I guess turns the corner, you know, pretty fast and... It plays nicely with thought season push and one mana removal spells. And, uh, you know, it's obviously a better top deck on an empty board. But, I don't know. Oh. I, I, I would say that they kind of look similarly because they're two mana vehicles. But it's actually Goblin Guide versus Tidings. So, it's not that similar. <laughs> Goblin Guides? Mm. That's not the, uh, the one I yeah. expected. Okay, maybe maybe not Goblin Guide. What's like a good attacking creature? Luther Ilkor. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe like an Arcanist. Yeah, okay. An, an Arcanist. Well, but Arcanist has one power, so like it has to hit hard too. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Copter does end the game fast, and Rakdos, Reckon, sorry, Reckon a Bank Buster extends the game. You know, it never actually get, deals any doesn't deal any damage until the game's kind of out of hand, whereas Copter is pushing along a particular axis while strengthening your draws. Yeah, I understand they do different things. But I you know you have you have to build you probably have to make some deck building changes if you're going to be going down this copter route versus going down, you know, sticking with Wrecking the Bank Buster and going slightly larger. I mean, they, they both gain you, you know, small, gradually give you a small advantage, right? You yeah. slowly take over the game and... Um... You kind of improve your nut draw if you're playing Ragdos midrange. Because instead of going Fozzi's Bank Buster into Fable and you don't do anything with your Bank Buster, you, you play Copter instead of Bank Buster and you actually attack for free and get a loot. Yeah, it's a great follow-up yeah, to, yeah, to, to you, Copter, isn't it? Yeah, you do, you do close out the game faster, which is, you know, super nice against the decks like Lotus Combo. It was also super relevant just against Red Black Sack. I was just flying over with one or two Copters, and the, the early damage I got in just, it added up, and I was able to close out the games like that. Um, a bunch. Um, curves nicely with Fable. That's the other logic behind me cutting the four drops is I wanted to minimize the awkward draws where you go turn two copter, turn three, you know, you don't have a creature or your only creature is a four drop. So that's does other other aspect be, behind lowering the curve and playing playing more two drops in case maybe you have one of these come into play tap lands on turn three. Uh, you know, it's also very nice that Fable for his copter, you mentioned Bang Buster into Fable, it's a good draw, but a little lack of synergy there and um do you think that people are going to start playing more cards like croxer croxer actually synergizes really well with copter on two two fronts yeah like casting it for, 
Yeah, I was... you know, obviously fill your graveyard and then you also crew uh, with it as it comes into play on the front end. Yeah, I was up to two. I think most stock lists of the old Ragnos Midrange usually had one, even though it felt like they always had it when they needed it against my blue-white controls and whatnot. Like, always. Yeah. Uh, and I was up to two. I was even wondering if I shouldn't have a third one. It was not, you know, it didn't go as fast as I thought it would to like fill up, fill up the graveyard and stuff. Always, even with sculpture, but yeah, I could see. I, I'm guessing two copies at least, you know, the minimum, and maybe a third one. It is, it is pretty great card in the mirror too. If the mirror becomes popular, I was also, I tried to cling to dust in the third league. I played I had one main, one sideboard. I know Grease Fang. I didn't play that matchup at all in three leagues, but I know that matchup's really tough for red black. So I was wondering if maybe having a cling, it didn't come up. I, I don't think I ever drew the cling at a relevant point. So can't really say if that was a good idea or not. It's interesting you mentioned Grease Fang because that's one of the decks that people were talking about being an obvious home for Copter. You know, obviously, well, despite the fact that they're, it's about vehicles, but it's, you know, it obviously fills your graveyard, puts uh, Parhelions in the graveyard as another option for getting things back. You know, cl clearly some pretty obvious synergies. Is, this, is that the sort of deck, is it the sort of card that you really think is going to find a good home in Grease Fang? And, or is it just, a, you know, improves the deck a little bit and it doesn't really put it over the top because it doesn't synergize that well with actually crewing it. The decks don't have very crewing it. I haven't seen the, the builds, but I, I would assume maybe people want to start playing Stitcher Supplier again. If they're playing mm, Grease yeah, Fang, because right. it lets you go... You know, supplier, copter, loot. Oh no, I'm dumb. It doesn't even work. I was going to say you loot away and then you get to loot away your vehicle and bring it back with Grease Fang on turn three, but that's just not yeah, true. Yeah, you can never do that on turn three, but yeah. now you can just use copter as your backup plan for mid range extra effect. That yeah, which it was already threatened. really strong in the Grease Fang deck was Chariot and Shield Dread and. Um, mm hmm. Yeah, I don't know where they're going to find the room, though, because it, it, it might, it's going to make your mid-range plan stronger, but it's going to make, make your your nut draws probably worse, right? A little bit. Maybe you can trim down on, on chariots a little bit. Copter mm. being a vehicle, you can still return. You lower your curve this way. Maybe you you probably can find some, some space for the like, remaining two copies or something like that, so... Sounds doable to me. Yeah, and getting away from cards like Vessel of Nascency and, and back into such a supplier, Sadaway Finder sort of territory mm -hmm. to synergize well with it. But what about cards that are good against Copter? I mean, we, you know, Fatal Push is obviously good at killing it, but do you expect to see a kind of like swing towards cards that are particularly good at answering it? Like, are there, are there, what decks in the format can really justify playing like a Braid or? Maybe Portable Hole is another card that springs to mind. I would probably guess that there's going to be like less Supreme Verdicts in the future and more temporary lockdowns because of mm. Copter. That's that's one change in removal I envision. Yeah, people are were already playing Lockdown in, in Blue Whites. Uh, portable Hole is, is pretty decent against it. Uh, abrades, I'm not the biggest abrade fan in the world. Uh, just so many, it's usually not super efficient. Yeah, it's not a great, not a particularly efficient card, is it? 
but um, it's interesting. It's an interesting dance because if if you focus hyper focus on counter, then maybe cards like Shieldred uh, become better again. You know, my build was my first two leagues. I didn't even have a single Heartless Act in my deck or Doomblade effect. I just had four Fiddle Push and some Bone Crusher Giants. Literally, I played a game where I thought he's my opponent on turn one, and it was a mayor. And they had the five mana flying first strike dinosaur that um, gives you extra card on your upkeep, you know, your real cards. And I was like, well, I literally can't kill that card in my deck. So I need to, you know, they had Fable and something else. I was like, I don't think I'm going to kill them before they play that card. So I just have to take it. And, you know, that, that was one thing that was nice was that 2-4. It was, it was black, so it didn't get like pushed easily or killed by an abrade or free damage spell easily. It didn't get countered by change the equation, which potentially came up against my blue-white opponents. It was, it had, it had pretty, pretty decent stats. It was good at just attacking into stuff. It, it, they can't really double block it easily. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be, you know, you want to be efficient and deal with sculpture efficiently, but you don't also don't want to have blind spots. So, yeah, I, I don't know. You you played the card canister, right? You played that Amalia combo deck. I don't know if it, I don't think Amalia is the name of the card. Maybe I'm butchering that, but it is. Oh, it is Amalia, Amalia Benavides Aguira. Yeah. Uh, I tried a version of uh, the Amalia combo deck. I actually do put four copters in that deck for science, which is like not stock for as much as that deck has a stock variant, uh, as it's fairly new. <coughs> and it did not feel like that was a particularly uh, smart move after playing the, the problem with that uh, list. It did feel like copter maybe didn't feel. Uh, didn't fill those slots quite well because it seemed overall pretty hard to kill an opponent deal actual 20 damage with the scrappy scrappy damage and more likely you're gonna deal 20 damage when you actually combo off with Amalia and you explore many times make her a 20-20 and attack for uh, a lot so perhaps some other cards <coughs> would fit that role better which you know the traditional decks play like collected company which I got so I guess I regretted that and this is kind of why I slightly disagreed with the notion that Copter will like necessarily fit into every deck because <laughs> it didn't work in that deck. It didn't work for the time that you did it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Empirical <clears throat> evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Amalia deck is interesting to me. It does feel quite powerful. It does play tons of cheap cards. The combo, you can hit it like entirety of it with Collected, if with a single collected company you just need like two two drops to combo off and effectively win the game against many decks uh, there's like a good amount of ways you could build it though and I'm slightly confused as to how I would want to approach that so it's a deck I'm going to be thinking about but I don't know what version of it is like the best possible yet but it's just like a baseline powerful combo right assembling two 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 drops to more or less win the game is impressive yeah the when i read 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 the combo i saw it saw it in action the first time and i was like okay well you're gonna you're gonna wrap the board and leave yourself with a 2020 that's probably got some sickness 
It doesn't seem that good, but then I realized that you just always have Return of the Ranks in Tokyo Deck after, after all is said and done. Yeah, it also doesn't necessarily have summoning sickness, right? It just means that every time there is an Amalia on the battlefield, it might happen next turn. That yeah, if, yeah. If she, if you untap with her, then like once she's on the battlefield, you just combo mm. her ability clears the board, so she can attack for twenty. And what, what's her it. what's her trigger criteria? She has to gain when someone gains life, she explores. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Whenever you gain life, you explore. And then Wild of Walker is whenever you explore, you, or you gain, gain life. life. Yeah. So you need to have both of those on the battlefield, and you need to either gain life or explore to yeah, kick it, kick it up. Okay. Speaking of deck yeah. that kills turn three, by the way, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it is a two card combo, not a one card combo, but I guess. Well, the other one's a two card similar. combo. You need the treasure, right? You need the treasure maker to kill turn three. Fair, yeah. <laughs> Alright, in that case, we could say that Amalia is a free card combo given that you need the life gain That's, effect or the explore yeah. effect. You need the land to cast it. <laughs> yeah. At least it's a four card combo. But yeah, um, the Amalia deck was actually, you know, so since, since last episode, um, I actually went on a pretty sick run playing Blue Black Phoenix, which is, I forget why I started playing that deck. Oh, because they won the, the, the Canadian RC. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, you know, I need to play more Pioneer. Why not start with that? That's cool. I, I, I don't always play these Phoenix decks, but when I do, I usually have fun. And basically, it's blue-black Phoenix. Your only red card is Phoenix. You have a couple of Steam Vents if you want to hardcast them, but you're playing black for Fatal Push, Bitter Triumph, which is the new removal spell, a pseudo lightning axe and thoughtsies and yeah the reason mm-hmm. this deck exists now is because you didn't have a card like lightning axe in, in black before and now you have bitter triumph which is arguably better because it hits planeswalkers and any creatures and also the alternate cat cost is is much better you know on lightning axe it's six mana this is two mana and pay free life which Comes up a lot in grindy games, honestly. I couldn't give you a percentage. Maybe a third of the time you cast it was a free life, but I mean, Infernal Grasp was almost a good card. Yeah, Infernal was... Grasp saw a lot of play. Yeah. Well, a lot, so some play. Yeah, so, so some play, and it was close to seeing more play than it did. Yeah, it's almost good. Yeah, and this is honestly, this card looked fantastic to me when I saw it in the spoiler, and I've been watching people play it in Cube, in you know, Fitting Three Animator, and then obviously I watched you run on the weekend with Phoenix as well. I'm really, really impressed with that card. I'm looking forward to getting a chance to play it. Yeah, so it was your, your regular Phoenix deck. It gave me a chance to play with Prankster. Um, I'm sure Canister, you can talk a bit about that card too. I was like, oh, Prankster is really better than Pieces. Like, Pieces of the Puzzle, I guess people, you know, mostly play Prankster now. And uh, and someone, the first time I played the deck, someone in chat was like, yeah, Prankster is so much better than Pieces. It's not close. And Without having played a ton of species, I, I feel like that's just so true. It's instant speed turn two, the body's super relevant. The, even the vigilance, the, the vigilance part of the body's been super relevant. Uh, it just helps you trigger Ledger Shredder easily. Yeah, I was really skeptical until I saw you trigger Ledger Shredder off of the body, and I was like, oh, okay, I understand. And then, like, the way the blue-black deck lines up as well, you were a little bit more instant speed than f- regular Blue Red Phoenix was. And so having the end of turn a- end of turn action is great too. Yeah, I'm not sure. What do you think, Anderson? Do you think that card's like just 
pretty much strictly better than pieces of the puzzle or could you still see yourself playing pieces in in, in phoenix builds well it seems that prankster just kind of universally has been replacing pieces so i assume it's just getting closer and closer to just being straight up uh, true that uh, it's a good replacement over pieces and a better version of the effect were you already on on prankster in lil no no i was playing pieces back okay then. Af after that i had like a little bit of a pause playing phoenix so i didn't quite get to play too much with the prankster despite the fact that like lots of people asked me if ah, that's i funny. played with prankster and uh if i if i have much experience with it so i never got that experience in but it does seem like like you know being an instant speed variant of that effect that's two mana instead of being a three mana sorcery is just very strong so like it, maybe i could see like playing a combination of those two effects because i really like having access to the combo in the blue red phoenix deck and pieces kind of works a little bit better with that but it's really hard to support both pieces and prankster at the same time given that prankster is a creature card and so it's a pieces miss and uh, then it gets kind of shaky with phoenix and shredder on top of that so you kind of have to choose between those two and then it makes sense that you end up picking pick lock yeah prankster. yeah so yeah so i started playing that deck um i played it in the i forget i think i maybe top aided a challenge and i 5 would one of the lcq so i'm qualified for this sunday sunday uh last chance uh, or mox mox qualifier in pioneer i'm not sure what i'm going to play yet but that deck was incredible for me um i did i did one of my you know at some point i was like 17 and free and then after the challenge i guess i was like 23 and and five or something like really really high win rate i nice. i did i did feel like ragdos mid-range i didn't play against a lot and that matchup felt like it, it might be tough you know hearse is a really tough card to beat for that deck and you don't have access to a braid you don't have great answers to it you have a lucky spell it's pierce not, it's not like blue red phoenix was great against ragdos either it's it's always been pretty bad against it okay yeah. i was on there the impression that it was at least close or maybe could maybe even be slightly favored was maybe crackling drakes after sideboard and no i think that was cope like okay. you can you can you can do better postboard though but it's it's been tough yeah but my plan was i was mostly banking on shield red and pray a lot i guess thoughtsies was talking about why the deck was so good for me now obviously a ton of people are asking oh is that better than phoenix why is it good and the short answer, I think, was Thoughtseize, just making your Lotus Field actually winnable. I think I ran good, mm -hmm. but I went 3 and no in matches against Lotus Combo, whereas before it was just an abysmal matchup. And, you know, their blue-white control has been very popular online, and having, you know, Thoughtseize and Bitter Triumph was obviously much better than some of the red cards. So... Was yeah. that blue-white blue Lotus Field or blue-white control? Blue white control and Lotus Field combo. Okay, all right. Uh, not blue white Lotus Field. Yeah, I went Frio against Lotus Lotus Field combo, okay. which is usually a pretty pretty tough matchup. You know, Shield Red was pretty good there in, in some games as well. Um, 
I didn't change the build too, too much from the list that won the RC. I tried, I replaced the Sahilis with Kaido Shitsuki, but I'm, I'm not even sure that's the, the best change. Um, the, the main deck of the RC had two shield dreads, and I think you'd be better off in the main deck, honestly, just playing the Force Opt and the Force Sleight of Hand, because you do break, break a bit on Prankster and... I think you want the game one you want to make your deck as consistent as possible but then it's kind of the the problem where if you do that maybe you don't have enough sideboard slots you know 15 is not enough so the shield reds are kind of maybe not great in the main but in your overall sideboard plans you kind of want to have access to them so it's an acceptable card to main deck I also makes sense to to like want to have shouldered available to have your deck have a little bit more power in it if you don't have you know the combo uh with temporal trespass then like suddenly like all your deck is doing is preparing those four phoenixes and if somebody stops that which is feasible then becomes kind of uh, hard to win so like having shouldered on top of that as another way to just take over the game in a few turns makes sense to me yeah, I'm not big fan of Gacha, and I, I don't feel like the Shieldreds were that great for me. I feel like you draw so many cards and you have access to, between Thoughtseize and Bitter Triumph, it's mm -hmm. harder for people to turn the corner because you have these more universal answers. Um, you know, so something like mm -hmm. maybe a five mana Teferi is not as scary, or you can just keep, keep, keep picking their hand apart and keep protecting your shredders i don't know it, it didn't feel like does, shield red was super key in, in my game on does, does picklock pranks to only return instance and sorceries and or is it non and, and itself instant sorceries and fairies well fairy spells fairies as well okay right yeah yeah i was just trying to see if think think if there's any kind of kind of weird card that you know, would fill that shield red kind of plan b role that, that could get picked up by picklock pranks to yeah the best fairy is Brazen Borrower, which is also a spell, so like that shows up in the sideboards. Mm. Yeah, that's I didn't have that not necessarily deck. main deck. Yeah, maybe that's interesting. Maybe that could be a could be a main deck card. Anyways, I haven't played that card since the unban because I felt like first of all I wanted to try Copter, and I thought that Copter would make Ragdos decks more popular, and Ragdos already felt like a bit of a tough matchup. I mean, realistically, could you put Copter into this deck as well? Because you have like uh, Ledger Shredder and Prankster <laughs> to go to go trigger it. No, I don't think it's no. it's powerful enough. You want to do your busted thing. You don't want to like yeah, fine. fine. Like you also like there's no curve there, right? Because like you want to play a Copter on two, and then you're gonna play Prankster without casting the adventure to crew it. And maybe I'll four Copters. Yeah. I will say if that Preacher card becomes popular and maybe replaces Trespasser, that's the one matchup where I really miss not having Trespasser, where I played a Preacher and if I'd been a Trespasser against Phoenix, I would have like easily won the game and I, I lost. I still ended up winning the match, but I lost that one game because that Preacher was not a Trespasser. So, so it's just like a, a long plan that you're... Yeah, exactly. Putting into motion, make <laughs> make people drop trespassers and continue playing blue black phoenix. Yeah, smart. 
Yeah, I, I do have two horrors, two trespasser, a go blank, and extinction event in my sideboard of, of red black. Classic streamer edge. Also, streamer advantage. I was trying to cling to dust, so I don't think you can really accuse me of. of I don't think I've ever seen you play a black deck without cling to dust in it. So <laughs> you've always got a good Phoenix matchup. But yeah, so Cupture, I guess, jury is still out. People have been playing it in Gruel. A lot of people have said that it's the, the, the best home for, for Cupture is Gruel because it works well with Elf. It, it's good if they kill your Elf on, you know, turn, turn one, like you have a good two drop. It also works well with a Crone War. It's just another yeah. vehicle to tap the creature you steal. So uh, it, it, it attacks itself on the third chapter. Um, I played yeah, that I, matchup once with Red Black. It's still as bad as it used to be. I just got, I don't know, it felt like close to helpless. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. that that red that red red green deck has always like just lacked something in that, in between those elf draws. And yeah, I, I would not surprise to hear that people say Smuggler's Copters is kind of absolutely the juice there. Yeah, I think McQueen saw that couple back to back free ones in some of the first prelims on Magic Online. So. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a lot when I was just trolling through the prelims then. Yeah, I didn't see anything too crazy with Sculptor so far, though. Some, you know, I was thinking maybe a Stitcher Supplier, maybe the Dredge deck with Stitcher Supplier would, would that deck everyone Sculptor as its two drop, or is that too small ball a bit? The same problem that, you know, same problem we'd have with Phoenix where it's just too gimmicky and you want to do things stronger, faster. I think you have to make sure that your deck has like 20 creatures in it before you put Copter in it. Yeah. So if that's true, then then sure, but not even always. And yeah. if not, then did, not did, really, right? Did you keep Goose in the deck when you added Copter? Uh, yes. Was it awkward? Did you get spots where you had the Goose Copter draw in? <laughs> <laughs> yes you did who's the, who's the goose yes yes maybe that was like something that should be avoided probably because when you were talking about the deck i was thinking if i'm not saying it's the case but i was thinking maybe it wasn't just you don't need to just swap four copters for four cards you need to like rethink the the, the build a bit more but or give it yeah a but like s- still the issue of like the damage not mattering all that much was a little bit problematic and i think you could do do better because yeah. you need your your copter's damage to matter because like you want to attack with it but like you want like part of the value you get is dealing free damage so yeah well maybe i'll play like a card like jade light ranger or i guess the new one maybe the x1 and have mm-hmm. like uh, maybe more aggressive one drops too maybe play thoughtsies and yeah i'm not sure but yeah it's there's like a lot of things to think about i guess it's, yeah um, yeah, at that point you would like move away from company, which is also arguably a very good angle. So definitely something to consider. Yeah. All right. Well, it's almost an hour, and we haven't even talked about modern yet. Should we move on yeah. to modern? Yeah, we should yeah. definitely get that done. Yeah. All right, modern. So they strongly hinted at an, uh, a ban of fury and possibly others, and they ended up banning fury and up the beanstalk to nerf. You know, Fury to nerf Grief uh, or Scam, even though once again, Carson made a post and it wasn't even clear. It was a dominating deck win rate wise, but it was once again, you know, a deck uh, that people didn't find very fun to, to, to play against. Getting turn one Scam Grief is not greatest experience. Um, so I guess that motivated this, their decision. And then 
Abda Beanstalk's been super popular, hard to interact with because it gives you the card advantage and people are literally cascading into it. They think it's better than to cascade into that than to a bunch of free rhinos or, you know, even living in sometimes. So, well, you know, I guess Canister we've played most modern. Maybe why don't you go first? Yeah, it's... Once again, the bands are like fine, but in some ways kind of weird, right? Like the like the the most unfun parts of scam were like the, mo the most often cited unfun parts of scam is probably the turn one double grief, which is the most soul, soul crushing and something that you like don't want to see, but uh, no changes here although it's probably gonna be hard to play the scam tricks in in red black decks from now on so that will un indirectly happen less often so i guess it could be successful on that angle and uh up the beanstalk is also a band that kind of surprised me a little bit maybe like i get it it's powerful it's been powerful but uh Win rate wise, I'm not entirely sure. Like, is if there is like a meaningful win rate difference between up the beanstalk, four C, versus the one ring four C. There might be, but it's not clearly obvious to me. Yeah, um, I was, you know, okay with their bans. Uh, banning grief would have hurt a deck like living L living in a lot and they were maybe worried that if you ban grief some other decks get out of control maybe some of the combo decks um i'm i don't know i feel like bowmaster is more obnoxious than 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 fury or even grief in some ways that card's just super annoying but if you ban bowmaster then you probably have to ban the one ring um, you know the one ring was another card they could have banned it's i haven't played a, a ton of modern recently so i didn't really yeah, know what what to it's, think it's all it's all kind of weird because like yeah the buns are fine but also i'm not uh, arbitrary super yeah there's, there's, there's like some level of arbitrariness about that and it does feel like kind of listening to let's say the community community's complaints about uh, uh, the format but also the community are very only <laughs> to an extent and not like it's yeah you know from my perspective i've been playing amulet titan that's just what i play right now and just things didn't change like all that magic still as easy to uh photo or free one a prelim as it was uh, <laughs> earlier you know and i guess for like the sake of my deck i am extremely glad that the one ring is still a legal card because it's it's quite good in, in there uh scam was in opinion in the opinion of many like an iffy matchup for amulet i actually didn't mind playing it towards the end and so i've been feeling like better and better playing against it but uh overall it's it's fine. It doesn't feel like a humongous change to the formats in in a in a weird sense. While like for the most part like I feel like I'm playing the same modern in a way. Yeah. I, the the thing that surprises me the most 
is that you you, know, you look at if you just told me that they were banning a card like Fury, Fury, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense because that's probably really oppressive to people who want to put creatures in the play and do normal things. But the entire modern format is just so incredibly hostile. Like, you know, Red and Six, Bowmasters, Unholy Heat, Lightning Bolts. All these cards are just so horribly hostile to people who try to put, like, Lunar Elf into play. That is just kind of like putting a band-aid on a bullet wound. Banning, banning, banning Fury. It's also that, like, strategically, like, putting a Lano Elf into play is just kind of a... Just kind of weak, right? You yeah, it's like a, it's a pioneer power level cut play. Yeah, like, it's it's not, it's not even like about the ease of removing the Lano Elf necessarily. It's just you know, you can combine free Tron Lands by turn three, <laughs> or you can yeah. cascade into Living Ends, or you can cascade into Rhinos, or you can get double Amulet into play and get a Primal Titan into play and win. So like, it it's like Yo, Fury. I don't really understand. <laughs> You know, like the fact that Fury and Bowmaster kill one toughness creatures at at a huge premium doesn't seem to. It seems like one of the factors, but like a pretty pretty small one. Yeah, it's just you know, Fury just happens to be the best one on raid or something like that. And mm-hmm. It just seems like a really strange choice to me. Whereas, and, and Fury is the sort of card that, like, yeah, obviously, if you scam scam into play on turn one, it puts your opponent on a fast clock, but like. It's, you know, modern is a, a high power level format, but the power of Fury is like kind of dependent on what your opponent has in their deck. And that's, you know, that's not the worst, doesn't seem like a bad card to have in a format. Whereas Grief is just completely ag- agnostic to what you have in your deck. It's just like, you know, if you get turn one Grief scammed, like it just fucks you up. Like it's just really good, really good thing to do. And, you know, like Gab said, it's kind of surface level unfun. You know, yeah. having two having your your very redundant hand getting ripped apart before you play the land is like not a great feeling i'm pretty resilient to these sort of things but it still felt like fucking come on all right <laughs> maybe they should have banned one or two of like the the undying evil effects uh, yeah I'll, undo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never i'll never let that one go uh, maybe maybe they should have done funny. it i wonder how many people would have guessed if you asked that Fury would be the first one of these Elementals bands when a lot of people had it as the worst of the five. Oh, I think people had Endurance as the worst of the five, but Endurance was great. We all we knew Endurance was great straight away. No, what I think, people think probably probably said that Endurance was not a main deck card, but was going to see a lot of play as a sideboard card, whereas mm-hmm. Fury was kind of like widely considered the worst, I think, by most people. I remember when we were we were building Living End the first time, you know, not not long after Modern Horizons came out. Like I was like, maybe you should just put some Furies in your sideboard. And you're like, eh. we were yeah. just debating it, like here and you know, iffy on whether or not it's the right thing to do. And then suddenly it's you know, obviously the first card banned. Yeah. As a Living End player, I'm pretty. I'll be pretty happy if Scam kind of disappears because that's yeah. not a fun matchup. So. Yeah. What are the the other side of it though? Like being up the beanstalk, it's also kind of funny that they're taking away one of these free five mana spells at the same time as banning up the beanstalk as well, which is a card. Just, ma- that, just yeah. making sure, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't like the argument. People were saying, "Oh, if they ban Fury, it's going to nerf up the beanstalk." I felt like <laughs> I didn't even care for Fury when I played these up the beanstalk. Most of these up the beanstalk decks. I just played without Fury when I played up the beanstalk. Yeah, I think that's I what mad. I heard you saying. Then, then I got mad at. Uh, having weak results with that deck and they just <laughs> switch through amulet and yeah yeah ching ching <laughs> catch it in i don't maybe they should have just 
Ben Bowmaster, but like Ben Bowmaster and then it'd be Ben Bowmaster they have to ban Beanstalk and the One Ring. So maybe they want did they want to ban all these cards? No. <laughs> I don't think they could ever I don't think they have the stomach for banning lots and lots of cards. Banning lots and lots of cards at once makes it feel like they're admitting to some kind of mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they like had a pretty specific goal in mind. The goal was to reduce the play rate of scam, which seemed like it was not even necessarily clearly connected to to the deck's win rate. Maybe maybe it was like it actually like had a good enough win rate to be played this much, but it didn't have didn't seem to have like a super hugely overwhelming one but at the same time it was like at times up to like a quarter of the modern meta game so that's more than they want to and then like you look at the scam deck and it's kind of hard to remove a card from it in a way that makes sense and like doesn't disrupt like an entire house of carefully constructed cards so again i went with fury to do that which I understand how a decision like that has been reached. Yeah, I feel so, like the, yeah, these bands are you know they're fine. They make way more sense than the 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 pioneer one. And as you mentioned earlier, it might be copium, but maybe banning fury gives a little more room for humans, merfolk, elves. Um, maybe 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 it is maybe it was. Well, one I did play. I did play against Merfolk today for what it's worth and I played a turn free Primeval Titan and I won. So that's like for the record. They didn't have Tishana's Tidebinder for it? Or were you on the play? Merfolk no, no, seems no, like I it was... should be good. That Tidebinder card is kind of obscene when it's good. I was on the play. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They should ban the play. Both players act simultaneously. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, I actually think this, the Fury ban actually reminds me a little bit of the Khan ban in the sense that we've spent a lot of a reasonable amount of time talking about it and not quite able to settle on this on a kind of like satisfying reason as to why it happened as opposed to something else. Well, at so least maybe, at least Cam maybe that's was, a new strategy. Yeah, but at least Cam was super super popular, like hard to interact with at time. I won the Pro Tour. I mean, it's still a good deck. Modern Green Devotion is not even, like, a good deck. It's just, like, stone average at best. Mm-hmm. So. But, like, you know, yeah. Again, like, I guess community uh, insight yeah. seems to, like, have played it all. Because I do think, like, Mono... Like, it does seem like Mono Green was one of the... One of the uh more complaints inducing decks it can be unpleasant yeah. to play at times can like you know feel helpless can yeah. produce games that that many players dislike and that it just seems like that plays it all and that's yeah a part of of the equation now i mean yeah if that's if that's part of the, the new ethos then fine okay we'll eventually we'll come we'll at least learn that when I, <laughs> and the discussions will become shorter Whenever I think about people complaining about Monogreen, I always think about this story. I don't remember who it was, but it was a Monogreen player who complained that he lost like eight out of his 10 die rolls or something with Monogreen. I'm like, dude, that's literally what you sign up for. You can't just 
play that deck and then complain when you lose a bunch of Daryls and don't do well. Like, that's 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 part of the experience of the, the monitoring devotion deck in Pioneer. Um. So what about what about where, where do things go from here? Like, does scam just vanish? I I, I highly doubt that. There's probably think- new. New ways you you know, Canada, you were saying that they probably can't be so all in on undying effects. Maybe they kind of shift towards playing like persist or something like that as a as a way of kind of getting a bit of re- resiliency and redundancy, but not being so all in on just about creatures straight away. Well, people are trying, but like you know, the black white scam deck was a deck for a year after MH2 released, and it never had any major successes. It always seemed like it kind of sucks. Yeah, and then red black scam kind of showed up and was a medium deck up until Bowmasters when it became a great deck because mm-hmm. it fixed the deck's curve. Uh, but just what it pointed to and what my own experience in games seems to suggest is that there is just a huge difference in like a turn one four power double grief and like just anything else you can do with grief. If you go turn one grief just to persist it back on turn two, Really, that doesn't impress me. That doesn't impress anyone. You produce a two-power creature, sure. You'd like... I forgot it gets minus one, minus one, actually. Yeah, it's, you know, so it instead of clocking yeah. in five turns, it actually takes 10,000 turns. That's just an entirely <laughs> different of degree of uh, impact. So yeah. it's just not comparable. You, you yeah, had a I... mono-black version, like Spike had a mono-black version that we tested for Barcelona at Houston Bay. It was, it was pretty good. I was kind of enjoying it, but it, it really struggled, I think, against a deck like Yawgmoth, where you really felt like not having access to to the Fury play. Fury just such a good card, not you know not only on turn one, but later in the game, it's always a threat. Just hard casting that card is, is really strong too. So I think it's going to be really tough for that deck too. To, to stay good but okay but what about so like big big winners from the bands I, I guess I had a quick look through the prelims and bit of Yogmoth turning up that was kind of one thing that people were citing but I've seen a lot of hardened scales actually which seems like an obvious thing that people that gets hosed by Fury pretty badly it got hosed Scaled. by Omnath it was, it was pretty tough against Beanstalk too probably so right okay I think scales was like typically cited like scales players typically cited their great uh, scam matchup as one of the reasons to play their deck but okay you know you never know with those self-reported uh, results yeah. i don't think i'll ever listen to a, a deck specialist's opinion on anything yeah i'd be pretty bad so, except for you on amulet titan of course so of course amulet is is, is great against like most decks but i think rhinos living end Pot- potentially some form of like four color ring but less excited about that yogmov amulet throne well, just well, those decks that were great that, that were strong are still, still strong i think in what exact way it does reshuffle it's pretty pretty hard for me to say but i've been having a great uh, time jamming amulet and winning with extreme ease so <laughs> i'm just hoping that you know there is there is a chance that uh maybe like Merktide variants or just blue in general and the card Counterspell could maybe return a little mm-hmm. bit. I think the card Counterspell maybe wasn't matching up the best against Up the Beanstalk where they could have uh, like 
played as soon as turn two on the play and then you don't even have a chance to counter spell then you have to play from behind the entire game that's it's kind of bad it's also a little bit uh, it's just possible that portion of the meta share that was taken by Ragdoll scam will like restructure it to come back to blue red merktide is kind of a similar mid-rangey delver ish strategy so i think there is a chance that uh, there's going to be a slight uptick in in the card counter spell mm -hmm. but we'll see if that actually manifests i'm not sure about that anything else we want to talk about this week mm, uh, yeah i would like to oh yeah we have something that's right yeah i would like to uh report my heartbreaking. result from yeah heartbreaking result from the legacy showcase qualifier which is the you know last step before qualifying for the actual eight person mocks tournament quarterly mocks tournament i was able to secure unfortunately second place in the showcase qualifier with my trusty legacy reanimator deck and uh you know maybe a little bit heartbreaking getting so close and then losing then not getting to qualify for the mocks it would have been awesome if i would have been able to do that because i've actually been able to qualify for the mocks with reanimator in legacy once already two years ago but unfortunately uh, i failed but it was a an exciting tournament to prepare for and play in and i had the feeling that i didn't have in a long time where i just actually sit down thought about my deck really hard haven't even played too much too many games i've just thought about it and then i felt like i had a pretty decent edge over the tournament over uh, many of my opponents as it was in legacy you know everybody is playing those blue decks with also will brainstorm uh, and those in fact were five of my matchups in the swiss portion of the tournament uh, and i devised a sideboard plan for my reanimator deck where i trimmed down heavily on card disadvantage aspects like i cut all the faithless lootings from my reanimator deck uh, cut down a large portion of the reanimation targets and i just brought a bunch of monsters so my postport deck had a place of Orcish Bowmasters and a playset of Doffy Voidwalker and a few Shouldreds and I effectively just played a mono black scam deck <laughs> with yeah postboard and just, just more was... evidence I should have banned grief <laughs> yeah yeah I just went turn one grief reanimate grief whenever like an opportunity uh, for that lined up followed up with a Doffy Voidwalker and people just died to that like every <laughs> single every single blue legacy smart gamer with their brainstorm they were just staring at their you know surgical extraction or force of negation top decks as i played Duffy void walker and they were like well i guess that's it i guess i guess that's over <laughs> that's the end of me <laughs> so i've been pretty happy with that with that result of the tournament i really liked the reanimator deck and i thought i found a approach that was pretty pretty effective pretty fun and pretty strong so that's kind of sick it, it was new no one was doing that the four bowmaster four voidwalker magus of the moon like all creatures all cheap creatures sideboard mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's nuts yeah mm -hmm. sitting down and thinking about your deck list is overrated maybe that's why 
I don't come up with decks anymore or I don't do as well sometimes. I used to do that for hours. I'd sit down on the floor of my bedroom, just laid out, laid out my cards, stare at my, at my deck for like hours, go through my cards, lay out the sideboard, do my sideboard plans, just... Yeah, the exact way, like, why that happened, why why I did it this way, was because a few weeks ago I played in a Legacy Showcase Challenge, and I haven't played Legacy in a while, so I just net decked, mostly net decked the reanimator list from Goldfish. And I look at, look at it, and I'm like, yeah, I guess it, like, has, like, two bow masters in the sideboard, and I was like, oh, okay, I thought that card is just really good in Legacy, so it's odd that people are not playing like four bow masters and reanimator but whatever i just net decked because i assumed it's gonna be you know well well tested right and like well well prepared but then i start playing the showcase challenge and i just get annoyed every other round that like it feels like my deck is poorly built because it just doesn't have four bow masters which is an excellent card in the brainstorm meta brainstorm meta right and uh, my my chart just tells me yeah of course that's how it is like people everyone who plays those legacy showcase challenges they just you know 80 percent of people 90 percent of people just net decked some some decks that are out there i just did the same thing i i didn't actually think about my card choices and that kind of inspired me to actually like fully go through all of that think which cards actually lose me the game when i play versus delver for example because like i I played a lot of reanimator lifetime so i had a lot of games to think about and uh, you know i did realize that hmm, actually yeah i lose a decent amount of postport games because i fetched a badlands turn one and i can get wastelanded after i mulgant and i play faithless looting i'm down a card I get wasteland at then, that's just really horrible. And I end up losing like that a lot. Okay, so can I maybe make, uh, take a different approach that solves that issue? And turns out, yes, I can cut Faithless Looting, reduce my reanimator package, always fetch swarms, uh, play the two drop creatures, keep uh, fast mana in the form of four dark rituals and most of my Lotus Petals to sometimes go uh, grief, pitch grief, ritual out a shouldered on turn one or two and uh, yeah that way i kind of tackled like many of the ways i commonly lost removed them from my deck and just presented something that was that made sense and it, i just i was just able to succeed with that like over and over even in the finals of the of the qualifier it is i'm not entirely sure but it is possible that i lost to like a gameplay mistake rather than uh, the matchup or like you know the stuff like that so it's been a pretty nice experience and like it's clearly it also was uh, pretty nice to feel like uh, I can sometimes uh, get somewhere when I <laughs> yeah uh, put myself to it that, 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 that feeling of kind of like getting uh, actually sitting down and thinking that, about yeah. it and it paying off is just it's the thing that keeps you coming back isn't it yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, a big fan of making sense 
when when building my deck. Speaking of, I, yeah. I, I was thinking the whole time about that Avzan Pioneer combo deck and wondering mm -hmm. why people play all these innkeeper effects and life gain effects. Why don't you just put all explore creatures in your deck? That's your two engine creatures. They work with explore. Sure, Amalia works when you gain life. You explore. Uh, well, that is. Well, I, I, I think the reason is that if you have the life gain creature in play, then you play your Wildgrove Walker, and the combo immediately happens. Yeah. Otherwise, you play your Wildgrove Walker, and you have to play your Explorer creature. Yeah. And only then That's it happens. Fair, so. I guess I don't know, but I don't know. I was thinking about that deck. I feel like it's got there's got to be maybe. But, or at least the, the point you were making that like you see one list do well and then you just see the same list for like the next two weeks or until someone changes something and cause well, people most people aren't actually like not able to but like you know, don't have the time space energy skill set to go and sit down and really think about how to do things differently you think people who play yeah. prelims on magic online don't have time to think about their <laughs> well look look I'm, I'm a person with zero time so i don't i, don't, I can't imagine what yeah, but you don't play prelims. Time like. No, I don't play prelims, so I can't imagine what the other side looks like anymore. But no, it's my my point's more that like you know, people are good at different things in Magic, and staring at staring at problems and find, coming up with solutions is something that some sub subset of people who are good at Magic are good at, and being really good technical players is something is is a, is a thing that some people are really good at, and some people are good at coming with original ideas, some people are good at tuning, and some people are good at all of them, and you know. Doesn't, yeah, I, it sounds, doesn't surprise me that people just net deck things and kind of go, okay, just perpetuate the same mistake, but, you know, they're good technical players and the list yeah, was also, kind of like 95% of the way there. I was, like, only really able to, like, tune the reanimator list because I had occasional uh, reanimator experience for, like, the past two years because I play the deck every now and then, so it's not that, you know, yeah. I came, like, it was not just all thinking, but I this time I just was able to go full on theory because I had the previous experience that uh, teached me how the games yeah. actually go. Absolutely. That's, a, that's certainly the times that I've been most successful doing things like that as well. It's just, okay, this is something that I've done 30,000 times before and I think it's a little bit wrong. Let's try and figure out the solution. Yeah. I have no idea what to do with the Abzan company though. No <laughs> idea. I don't think I've ever played a deck like that in a tournament. You've never played the Collected Company deck in Standard? when had No, I, I never did. I, the combo, I was playing, had the combo too. I was playing the, the green-white uh, tokens deck in that mm -hmm. standard format. Did you put our lives on the line? Yeah, that was a lot of rambling, but I really enjoyed it. Hopefully people yeah. listening too. But yeah, time nice. to put our life on the line, as always. Theoretical tournament, if you when you lose you live if you lose you die and we each have to bring a deck for the formats we've talked about so this week it's going to be modern and pioneer and we can all bring canvases since you've played the least nice. of us why don't you go first hmm that's very rude to put me on the spot i can't even copy anybody now um i would play something with smuggler's copter and pioneer that's default position yeah, but that's 80 percent of the field so you have to yeah. actually narrow it yeah, down yeah no i have to narrow it down <laughs> i played a lot of red black mid-range uh kind of maybe you know beginning of this year i could i think it's a good home for it i like playing mid-range extra a little bit more aggressive 
So yeah, I think that's probably the place I'd start. And your, your list looked pretty good that I saw you post. Perhaps that was in a private channel. And in, and in, and in modern? And in modern. I haven't cast this. Is it Tasha's Tidebinder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The card looks pretty nice. good. I'm, uh, I'm pretty impressed with that that card on paper. And I also like that it's a Merfolk Wizard, which lets you play Flame of Andor. Or Arnor. I could... I can, you know, call me crazy. Might just play Red, Black, Red Blue Merc Tide. <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Sight unseen. How many Tidebinders and Flames in the main? Mm, I don't know how many Flames in the main. Yeah, if I was going to play one Archmage's Charm, it would go in that slot. Uh, I could imagine playing an Archmage's Charm at the moment. Uh, I'd probably play two Tidebinder and just see what see what I like. I, d- I really, really don't like Fear uh, Subtlety. And I don't really like Force of Negation either, so it can probably like find find room in those positions and play like the 18th land or the 19th, maybe even the 19th land, honestly. Just go a little bit up the curve. All right, what about you, Canister? For Modern... Titan, mm. whatever Titan, like Strong. that's just what I what I play now. All right. There's been new technology developed in Titan lately of playing defense grid, so that just solves all of the previous issues I had. So it's Titan. Uh, for other formats, which I guess is Pioneer because Legacy we agreed we all play Reanimator. So in Pioneer, <laughs> I struggle, and I'm not sure how I would uh, save myself. But uh, let's say I'm going with Lotus Field. <laughs> I forgot that was an option. That's why the that's why the play rate's so low. People just forget. Yeah. <laughs> Hoping that uh, you know. Wait, hey, hey, blue white Lotus Field, right? No. The most technically <laughs> skill skill deck in the format. Uh, no, in fact, I meant the traditional Lotus Field Thespian Stage combo deck. Right. Okay. I understand. Are you worried about making the wrong land? Playing the wrong land? Yeah. Okay. Gab, what about you? Tough. I have that big Pioneer turn on Sunday, the equivalent of the Legacy 1 canister almost won. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably, probably just drag this mid-range right now with play. Guess the list I've been playing has felt fine. I don't think it's anything special. Um, and in modern, I guess I'd just, I mean, if I had the reps, maybe Titan Canister seems really high on it, but I guess right now I'd just play Living End. It was probably one or two subtlety in, in the main and otherwise pretty stock. We're overwhelmingly confident about all of our choices. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> oh, well, Cancer is confident about his modern yeah. choice. One out Absolutely, of six. Yeah. One six of our choices are were made with confidence. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. So listen at your own peril. Well, as always, if you made it this far, thank you. Commiserations. So much for listening. Um, Pat, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, shit, I don't know. Um, all right, he doesn't know. Canister, I've lost it all. Twitch.tv slash canister underscore MTG, YouTube.com slash canister, Twitter.com slash canister underscore MTG. All right, and you can 
find me uh, mostly on, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash yellowhats. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Go have a great day.